For whitetail hunters like us, the mid to late season, or the rut, can be miserable if you don't have the right clothing. You're sitting out there all day long, cold, you're not moving a whole lot. But new in 2019, First Light Solitude System is the perfect insulated soft shell clothing system for tree stand and tree saddle hunters. Whether worn on its own or combined with some other pieces from First Light, this kit offers versatility for the whitetail hunter. One of the things we like best about this system is the kit link pass-through pocket. Basically, you put the jacket on, you can zip these pockets down, and you can actually reach into the bibs fleece line chest muff pocket to warm your hands up and access all the items you've got stored in there. To learn more about First Light's new solitude system, head over to their website, firstlight.com. So we've been partnering with Steerka Optics for a while now. We can't say enough good things. The glass is awesome. The warranty is the best in the industry. Check these guys out, steerkastrong.com. Welcome to another episode of the Boga Hunting Podcast. This week we had Nicholas Armoron. He's a photographer, a German, and a bow hunter. We talk about you know spending time and shedding some tears in the Yukon, hunting in Germany, and bow hunting in Spain. We also talk about eating raccoon. I hope you enjoy. There we go. Nicholas Armour. How you doing? Oh, very good. Very good. It's, well, early in the morning, but we finally made it. We I know. We finally made it happen to be on the show. We've really. been working on this for a while. Is it Nick or Nicholas? What do you prefer? Uh, just Nick. Nick. Okay. Just Nick. Well, Nick, it's good to have you on. Where are you calling in from today? From Germany. From the southern part of Germany, from Bavaria, and then from Bavaria to the northern part, so it's northern Bavaria. All right. So I've got a question. We were just talking about mm-hmm. this. Uh, Bavaria. I feel like Bavaria is very different than the rest of Germany. Is that true? That's 100% true. Why is that? (laughs) Well, I don't know. It's it's like Bavaria is uh, something special, and the people who come from Bavaria think they're a little bit more special. No, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, it's, I don't don't know. It's probably, I think when, when... Probably people from the rest of the world think of Germany. Many think of the Alps and Oktoberfest and beer and beers, and that's like all in Bavaria. Okay. So it's uh, that's probably that's probably the reason why Bavaria is a little bit more special, and we all have all the those fancy castles in in the Alps and all that stuff. Yeah. Very different than here. I spent. I think two weeks in Munich. And so I, we traveled to Austria, you know, we, we landed in France, traveled throughout Germany and Austria. Oh, nice. And one of the crazier things I've ever seen in my life was Munich on uh, New Year's. Like we all got around this t- little town square and we just, you can see it, find it on YouTube. You lit, light off these fireworks and people are like just, I mean, they're the big real deal fireworks. Mm-hmm. They're blowing them at each other. And like, like a Roman candle, <laughs> like like the actual ones you see in professional shows, and one one exploded underneath a police car, just exploded and like sparks. The sparks were as big as my head, like it was crazy. Like the mortars, like the ones you shoot. In yeah, the, the air. mortars. Yeah, yeah, like the big boys. Yeah, uh, and it just it, like all of a sudden you see it fall and it shoots and everybody ducks. And the thing is, everybody's drinking beer, right? Because you get these giant beers for like a dollar. Yeah. And yeah, it was just, yeah. I'm like, how is this? allowed how is this mm-hmm. a thing it was amazing it was one of the best nights of my entire life was new year's <laughs> you guys are crazy out there well well uh, sometimes well we're, especially when we drink beer and we drink beer a lot so it's yeah, uh, yeah we're probably that's probably the reason why that's fair that's fair you're in bavaria you do a lot of bow hunting out there you spend most of your time bow hunting in in like southern germany or do you have to travel outside of of Germany to hunt. No, I have to I have to travel outside because bow hunting in Germany uh, is not allowed, so it's illegal mm. to hunt with a bow in Germany. So anything 
with a that involves like an arrow and also crossbow hunting is not allowed and so that's the reason why bow hunters from germany austria switzerland it's um, not allowed in all of those countries wow so that's the reason why we travel like to like to to different european countries i mean bow hunting is, is allowed in many european countries especially like france is a big bow hunting country right. spain is a big bow hunting country hungary is a big bow hunting country denmark finland so it's allowed in many european countries but all the the german-speaking countries it's not allowed interesting why is that i think it's um it's probably because of some kind of tradition okay so like especially what in like hunting hunting in in the in the german-speaking countries is a little bit like uh, different different and tradition has a is very important to to those uh, to hunters in those countries yeah bow hunting never really made it into that tradition so that's probably the reason why so are you uh but you're gun hunting in in germany yeah that's that's the only thing you can do like okay. like like you you can do shotgun hunting uh rifle hunting but yeah pistol hunting also is not allowed yeah no pistol hunting. all right what, what are you guys hunting out there what's uh yeah what, what's, are you going what after? species are you going after uh ro- ro- like we, we have like roe deer uh which is like uh, for you and you guys in america like probably the the deer that gets hunted most often is whitetail, probably. Right. So that's the the whitetail for Germany um, is like the roe deer, but the roe deer is much much smaller than a whitetail deer. Sure. What, what you, when you're talking smaller, you know, what, what's what's the size of it? Uh, like twenty to thirty kilograms. Twenty to thirty kilograms. Wait, I'm not that good at math. Yeah, that's not a very big deer. So I think that no, 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 that's probably like like forty to sixty pounds. Yeah, that's what I was. That's, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> like a dog. So yeah, really, really small, but very elusive. But it's a really great. Um, it's a great hunt to to call them, especially because you can call them in pretty good during the rut, from mid July till mid August. It's the rut, and then it's it's really yeah, it's a really a lot of fun to hunt them. But it's yeah. Now are you uh? Are you doing roars and stuff, or like when you're calling them in, what what kind of what kind of calls are you using? How, how can you call it? You got a call on you. To, you can blow into the horn. No, it's it's not not like a horn. It's like you, you can you can actually like the rut from the road deer is called blattzeit, and blattzeit um, blattzeit means yeah leaf. Um, you if you would translate it into English, it would be called leaf time, and then and hmm. leaf time because uh, it's it's the time where you can call in. A, a, a roebuck when you put a when you put a leaf in your mouth and then you can um, produce some kind of whistle sound oh, oh yeah yeah yeah, yep. yeah i know, I know about that. that you know how to do that mm-hmm. like i feel like you grow up making that noise with like blades of grass and stuff yeah so that's so that's that's the reason why you couldn't would call it leaf leaf time hmm. <laughs> which translate into blood <laughs> we gotta call it the rut leaf time I think that's our our thing now. Ooh. It's still the leaf time. <laughs> it's you know, the leaf time here right now. I'm driving home today. I see two bucks. It was not e- so. It gets dark here. What time did you say it gets dark? Like five, five. thirty, five fifteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like three, three thirty, maybe four o'clock, somewhere in there. All and right. two bucks were just middle of the field. It's gun season right now too, which is a bold move. But you know, outside of your <laughs> buck that. I'm kind of excited about it. They're close to my house. I think I'm going to try to Here's my here's my strategy, Jared. Mm-hmm. I haven't told you this yet. So, I live in I call it my back 3. I've got 3 acres. And so I live in a couple places where there's like kind of smaller acreage like that, but like down the road there's there's bigger chunks that I that's where I see the deer fields and stuff. So my my plan is to wake up real early, mm-hmm. walk over there, take an estrus, 
and drag it mm-hmm. from the field, like literally just walk along the road all the way to my house and try to just, I don't know if that's illegal or not. And if it is, <laughs> I didn't do it. But if it is cool, then maybe I'll do it. And I feel like, you know, that's that's going to be my secret strategy to, to lure the bucks in. You might have a new method on our hands. Right. I'm going to try to, I think I should try a bike. It'll be a little easier on me. <laughs> You'll you'll get there in time, right? It's all it's always good to to set up a, a strategy that's maybe illegal, and then you say, "Oh, I didn't do it." Then, right. but that's then right. you put it online on a podcast. That's always a good strategy. That's right. And I don't think I can be implicated <laughs> via podcast. Well, maybe I could. I feel like though it's the guys that think outside the box that mm-hmm. shoot the monster bucks. Actually, it's not true at all. I haven't shot oh, for anything. Sure. Jared's got two bucks down this year. Oh, sweetie! Mm-hmm. And I feel I've got nothing. I don't know, Jared. What am I doing wrong? You've got a shoulder. I gave you one. Yeah, I mean, I've not killed. Yeah, I, thank you, Jared. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> I feel like that's a pity. <laughs> yeah, so what's, I mean, Jared, your strategy. What's been your strategy? Why have you gotten two bucks this year? And you've never had two bucks in a year before. Right place at the right time. Is that really that's, it? That's it, man. You know, you do, you do all yeah. your scouting. You have an idea of where you want to go, but the past two times that I've taken the bucks, I've just been at the right place at the right time. Lucky guy. I know. Lucky duck. But that's hunting. You need to be lucky, to be honest. I, I, I can tell you a story that, that really shows you that you have, like, you can do everything right, or you couldn't do actually everything wrong and still shoot a buck. Yep. Like a friend of mine, he, he went with uh, some, some guys to Spain to, to bow hunt. It was the last day, and then it was, it was already getting dark. And yep. then one guy, he was he was up in the tree stand, and he said, well, I haven't seen anything like the whole afternoon. Now it's getting dark, so I'll, I won't see anything. So he popped up the a bottle of beer. Took a good sip, sent out a huge burp, like, <laughs> and then he t- t- took a piss from the tree stand. <laughs> Ten minutes later, a big f- fallow deer stand right underneath his tree stand. He shot that buck. <laughs> really? So, so, so tell me, like, you. That's right. It's you, you all luck. Everything. It's all luck. Like, you can do everything wrong, and you can still get a buck. You can do everything right, and you won't see anything. Yep, and I've actually started a new theory that I tried out in Wisconsin a couple weeks ago, and I've been patenting it called the buck you've run. Been, wait, wait, you've been what? I've been you've... patenting it. All right. <laughs> I make up words a lot, Nick. <laughs> but I've been patenting it called the buck run. The bu- Oh, the patented buck run. The patent- patented buck run. All right, um, And it. I'll explain it. You run around with a grunt tube, crack a lot of sticks, make a little run, and the whole like time, literally you just, run. Yeah, you're, I was on a jog. I was literally jogging through the woods, just snapping branches, making a ruckus, buck and then run. grunting while you're doing it. Yeah, acting like a, a attending buck, wow. chasing a doe. I saw deer about 20 minutes later. Nothing was spooked. It worked. They thought you were a buck running. What do you run a, sa- a different way to make yourself sound more like a? Do you go on all fours? Um, no. You just run. Yeah. Because you're, you're, to you, you're not, they're not going to be able to figure out. I started imagining like he, that he starts running around in all fours. Yeah, like I'm Making thinking. grunt sounds. I mean, hey, it, <laughs> you can get as technical as you want. You can have two people out there running. Have someone with a bleat, but, someone with a grunt. You know, one, but the thing is you want to be the guy with the grunt. You don't want to be the no. guy with the bleat. <laughs> rock, paper, scissors. Yeah, bro. you got to rock, paper, scissors that. You don't want to be the guy because how far do you take that, you know, mm-hmm. the actual I'm going to dump you full of deer piss and take off running. <laughs> Uh, so, <laughs> Nick, when you're out hunting, when you're out hunting in Germany and you're gun yeah. hunting, are you are you sitting in a blind? How how are you? Uh, what's your kind of your your strategy? To be honest, I always like try to mix up the strategies. Like as I start, I hunt a lot from a tree stand, like from a climber, yep. and which which is like because I have a I have a small like hunting ground which is like two hundred and sixty eight um two hundred sixty acres I think. Okay. 
in the it would be and it's and it's yeah small small forest and so it only makes sense to to hunt there with a climber but I also really love to to hunt actually from the prone position because that in in that forest I always have like small valleys and some yep. small hills and so you always have have these kind kind of few spots where you can overlook a, a lot a lot of ground and that's where I usually like kind of set up some kind of sniper's nest and then it's mm, so that's 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 <laughs> I like that. Yeah, if you, if you if you want to if you want to call like this, like you like make yourself comfortable, have have, have a blanket underneath so you don't make any sound, especially at this time of the year when you have a lot of like dry leaves uh, right. underneath you, so it's good to have a blanket underneath. That, that is actually is a great like, point for ground hunting. Laying a blanket down. I mean, it's always good to like clear, you know, clear the leaves and stuff. But laying a blanket yeah, down yeah, is yeah. critical. Not only does it keep you warm, but you're way quieter and you can kind of kneel or move around a little bit and not make any noise. Yeah, especially like like when when you have you have your rifle in front of you with your bipod, and then you have like I don't know your rangefinder on your right, and I don't know I don't know some snacks on your left, and then yeah, so it's always good like to be stealthy and quiet while you while you arrange all your stuff. So that's that's yep. really good. Yeah, and and now I want really want you. To, to get into to uh, like st- uh, hunt with the saddle more, oh, um, you like have saddle to try hunting, the saddle. and uh, yep. uh, yeah, I, I have I've tried it a little bit, and then and, and it's really it is fucking amazing. It is uh, especially I like because I, I love I love the more kind of how you say the initial like the the, the sporty side from yeah, saddle like hunting, mobile like and the, physical. Like, yep. like, yeah, 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 yeah. The physical side of it, like you, can, you can't be a like a fat guy, like uh, because then you will probably have have, have some problems getting up in the tree. And yeah. then, but so that's that's a really good thing. And you and you can move around so so good so good. You have a three hundred sixty degree where you where you can really like fire at the animal. It doesn't matter from from which direction it, it mm-hmm. will come at you. Yeah. You're always ready, and that's that's you always really have the tree good, in between uh, you and the and the deer too. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, actually, I talked to Jan from Arrow Hunter. He does the same thing. He when when he's in there, he swings a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like I rock the whole yeah. time I'm in there. Like I'm, it's very soothing, very nice. You rock up there, Jared? Uh, I fidget. You fidget in there? Yeah, a my bit? feet fidget a little. You bit. can move a lot in there and not get busted. Mm-hmm. Which is really cool. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I need. Yeah, I've, I've, I've seen I've seen you guys uh, uh, saddle. You're doing. It seems like you're doing only saddle hunting now. Yeah. Uh, you know, the last pictures I've seen from you guys, so you, I think you were always in a saddle. I would only either saddle hunt or gr- I've hunted out of the ground, off the ground twice this year. I stopped hunting out of a tree stand five years ago. And this is the first okay. year that I got back up, and only because of the saddle, just because it was a lot of messing around and stuff. I don't know. Have you have you been in the tree stand at all, Jared, or have you been saddle only? I've been mostly in the saddle this year, and one time on the ground. One time on the ground. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The fateful the moment. The moment. But before we move on, I wanted to take a minute to thank one of our show sponsors, Pelican Coolers. These coolers are extremely tough and backed by a lifetime warranty. But what I like most about our coolers is that as tough as they are, they can be opened with the push of a button. So it'll keep the bears out, but you won't have any trouble getting in. And it gets even better. Right now, if you type in pelicancoolers.com slash hotboga, you'll get a free tumbler with the purchase of any cooler. And we all use the uh, 32 ounce tumbler and it does an amazing job at keeping hot drinks hot for a very long time and cold drinks cold for a very long time. I'm going to do something maybe a bit unusual or something that I haven't done yet. But I'm going to throw out a James D. Guarantee, which is something I don't just toss around willy-nilly. I'm going to James D. Guarantee that if you buy one of these coolers, you'll have the best cooler experience you've ever had. And you'll be changed as a person. 
for the better. Your life will be totally different from here on out. So don't take my word for it. Go check them out for yourself. Pelicancoolers.com slash hotboga. And now back to our show. Yeah, Jared got a buck. Wait, tell me, tell you, you told your story a little bit, but yeah. So um, exactly like Nick's story, just not being prepared, just yeah, hanging out. A couple weeks ago, I was on the ground in Wisconsin and told this in a in a previous episode, but yeah, we were walking around the whole day. Finally, had to pick a spot, and we just chose a spot right on the ground, and it happened to be at the right spot at the right hey. time. And buck came in at about five yards and shot him. Five yards. Five yards. Yeah. Off the ground. Jeez. Mm-hmm. And it, we'll, we'll release the footage soon, but the whole time the buck is just, meh, meh, yeah. Meh. And so it's really close. You can hear him on camera. You can, and when you shoot him, I mean, you, he. Yeah, there like, wasn't a whole lot of margin for error. Yeah. Like really, where I was, yeah. where I was aiming is where the arrow was gonna go. Right. Maybe like an inch or two to the right or left, but yeah, five yards away, it's not, it's yeah. not hard to miss. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been uh, a great no, longbow no. shot. I wish I would have. I know. It, it, like the opposite side of the spectrum, like the next day, I got out of my tree stand to check if deer were moving down kind of the, this trail. Went about a half an hour and then walked back. And in that time of getting down from my stand, a buck, and we knew it was this buck that we had been watching, literally walked right under my tree stand, smelled my cameraman's pee, and then just kept going. <laughs> like, And I literally, within a half an hour, so it's like the opposite end of the luck spectrum. The tale of just two different seasons between Jared and me. Yep. <laughs> but I, I I know that spectrum very well. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, that's hunting think, though, right? Like, I think, I, I, yeah, that, that, that's hunting. I mean, I think the last twenty times when I was when I was in, in a small hunting ground, I I didn't I didn't see anything. I didn't even hear anything, and that and that really can get frustrating. Oh yeah, if you really like that that because that's a lot of hours you you spent there, and uh, of course it's now starting to get a little bit more chilly, and then and then you sit there hours for hours and you don't see anything, you don't yep. hear. And you feel like why the why the fuck am I doing this? <laughs> but, but then, <laughs> yeah. But then from, from time to time you you see like you see some really cool stuff. Like one one time I I, I was I was sitting in a, in, a, in a tree stand and then like maybe five five meters from me in the in the in the in the tree that was right next to me that was a was a big eagle owl coming in nice. and it was. I was looking straight at me, like at like five meters. And that was fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah, that is. That's wow. That that really saved my day. <laughs> oh, for sure. How big? How big is that eagle owl? Oh, uh, eagle owl is really big. I mean, the, the um, what's probably most impressive about I think owls in general are really um, like fascinating because you you really don't hear them coming. Yeah, they're I so mean, that, quiet. That eagle owl that came in and i think i don't know how how how, how big is the the spread of the wings I'm looking I, at, I, I we're to, looking uh, it up right now it is a massive it's 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 it is massive is it eat, yeah 160 eat? to 170 centimeters holy cow. which is that that's really big yeah that's a big so, word and I, and it came in and i didn't hear anything like i i just i just felt felt a little bit of the wind when it came in and then all of a sudden it, it was sitting there and it was looking and staring at me that's nuts. Females can grow to a total total length of 75 centimeters or 30 inches yeah. with a wingspan of 188 centimeters, which is 6.2 feet. Six feet. That's tall, longer. That's wider than I am tall. That, Males are slightly that is smaller. Massive. Males yeah. are smaller, huh? Yeah. That makes sense. So the wingspan of me. The wing, you're not 6'2". <laughs> Get out of here, Tom. <laughs> On a good day. That's like when I tell people I'm six, like 5'11". I'm not even really Dan's 6'2". Like We're our buddy's Dan. Yeah. Is he? 
Yeah, I think he's six two. I feel like he's he plays like he's six with foot. shoes on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're uh so you travel well, you travel around Europe a lot to hunt. Are you mostly st- what what like what's your typical um countries that you're you're hunting in? The last the last few times when I when I went bow hunting, I was I think I was always in Spain. Spain. Um, yeah. because Spain is really yeah Spain is a big bow hunting country and I know some some guys there who have a really massive and nice hunting ground there yeah so um, that that's usually the place where i now go to to bow hunt a lot a lot of the guys go to hungary which is um, especially good because you don't need to fly there like spain right. you always need to travel and uh, yeah did you when you traveled did you lose part of your bow didn't something happen i think i was following <laughs> that yeah, 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 yeah. The last time, well, no, no, the, yeah, I think, yeah, the last time when I came back from Spain, yeah. they lost my bow case. <sighs> like, oh. I, I was, I arrived in, in Frankfurt and then I, I was waiting for, for my, for my case. And then all of a sudden I got an email like, oh, sorry, your suitcase didn't travel with you. And I was like, what the? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, uh, I, I mean, uh, at least it happened on the way back and not right. on the way to Spain. Because <laughs> how long that, did it take for you to a, get your bow? It took three days. Three. Yes, then I had days. it back. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, but at least, like I said, it happened on the way back, not on the way right. to Spain. Because then that will that will be yeah, not good. That would be a huge. <laughs> bow. Now, do you travel other places, or do you have plans to travel and do other, you know, bow hunts? Oh gosh, way too way too many plans. Right. right. When are you coming out, <laughs> um, out next to, to the U.S. to hunt with us? Geez, I would love to hunt in the U.S. To be honest, I mean, I've, I've I mean, I've as a, as a small kid, I've been to America four times with my parents, and okay. we always spent there like three or three or four weeks. But I was, I think, four four years old, maybe. Okay. But but I still, but I still have like I don't I don't remember a lot. Like, but when I was standing like on on the edge of the Grand Canyon or was walking through Las Vegas and all that stuff, I can really remember that vividly. I think I think it really also had a had a big um, influence on my, on my life. Like it's because when when you're such a small kid, you I think all all that stuff that that happens around you that really shapes you for the rest of your life. Right. And so like sp- spending so much time in, in in those national parks and seeing those you you don't see that kind of landscapes in Germany. I mean, Germany we have uh, 83 million people living here, and we have. I think we are the, the 40th, uh, 40th most densely populated country in the world. So it's really you, you don't have wilderness here. Like right. You have you have some Did you have some, some. Aren't you? How close are you to, to the Alps? Well, look. Yeah. Okay. To into the Alps. Okay. Then the Alps will be our only wilderness. Some parts, but the Alps. I think four hours from here. Okay. So that's so that's not not that far. But but you can't com- uh, you can't compare the, those landscapes like to the landscapes that you have in the U.S. The Rockies, yeah. So that's yeah, espe- so you- especially like even even when you're in a in a in a in a place here in Germany where it's less less populated, you will still have a lot of noise around you. Like you will always have an airplane above you, and right. you always have some light light pollution uh, at night. Yeah. So that's that's something else. Yeah, that that's interesting. So you when you came out, you checked out the the national parks. Yeah, the national parks, especially like uh, when I, when I came back from uh, always like, always uh, search contact uh, to to guys who were fishing in the U.S. Like uh, even well, so one one of the fishermen like he he uh, gave me like in like like a fish that he caught, yeah, and I and I took that fish and I, and I put it into the rental car from our family. Like, <laughs> <laughs> 
after a few hours, like my dad was like, "What the fuck is stinking so bad?" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, it was, it was like, yeah, someone gave me a fish," and I was like, "Get that thing out of here!" <laughs> so, but yeah, I was always drawn to those crazy outdoor guys, and yeah, so right. especially the national parks, I think had a, had a big influence on, on my on my life. Last year, when I was in the Yukon to to photograph for Discovery because they they were filming a TV series in the Yukon, and that was the first time when I was like really saw such such kind of landscapes again. And it it was Jesus. I, 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 I was I was sometimes I was driving through the Yukon and I cried because I I really it's you you don't have can't compare those landscapes that we have in America to, to Germany. Yeah, right. Like it's, it's when you see stuff like that, which are kind of like, it was like, yeah, yeah really dreams that, that's that, yeah. Geez. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that, that landscape You guys is, can be so lucky. Yeah. It's yeah. We have to, I mean, Jared, for all the ways that for how easy it is for you just to go and, and go really anywhere mm-hmm. in, the, in the country, like it being so big, you know, yeah. I've spent, Last year, spent two weeks camping in the Rockies. This year, I went to Newfoundland. Watchy. And so it was just very different, but it's so easy. You just drive. I mean, if you're willing to spend hours in the car, you can, right. you can really go anywhere. So, like, like uh, what, what I wanted to say, like, especially when you spend really want to spend some time in the wilderness, you right. have way more rights to, to experience those those things. Like, here in Germany, when you, when you go somewhere, like, you're not allowed to camp anywhere. You're not allowed to light a fire. You're not allowed to fish anywhere you want. You're not allowed to hunt anywhere you want. We have done anything like, like public lands and all that stuff. So everything here is regulated. Like Germany, Germany is overregulated, to be honest. And so those, those things that that you guys can do, like I don't know, like go on a horseback, like and do some camping and yeah. go some backcountry uh, public land hunting. That's that's stuff that hunters here dream about for for their whole life. So are, is there no public land to hunt, or is it is it all private, privately owned? If you're gonna hunt, yeah. It it is it is all private or state owned. Okay. So there's no, nothing, no public land here. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, I was I don't remember where I read where I read this, but like one of the founding fathers' idea was coming to to the new world is to have this place where anybody is can access it, whether you're rich or poor. You know, have this this land set aside mm-hmm. for that. And you kind of take that. I think it's easy yeah. to take it for granted here because that's you know absolutely. like you said, not not the case around the world. Yeah, absolutely. Especially because like when you're like when you grow up in Germany and you're basically not allowed to do anything when you go out in nature, it's it's hard to to build up a connection to that. So and anything that you don't have a connection to, you will probably like you won't you won't care about that all too much because you haven't experienced the beauty of it. Right. So when you when it, when you go out and you've it's like grown up in the U.S. and you've grown up going fishing and camping right. and hunting and public land and the access to public lands and like basically doing whatever you want to, to and to experience that beauty, you will automatically take care of it because right. you you've you've experienced how, how beautiful it can be how 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 positively it can affect your life and then that that's that's the reason why so many hunters do are involved in in protecting nature yeah yeah that's a huge huge deal you mentioned you were in in the yukon what were you doing in out there like discovery they, they were filming a tv series about like gold mining oh okay and it was kind of a, like a gold mining show where you had a, in the beginning we had 12 candidates and then every week like one one guy or two guys would get eliminated 
Sure. Um, and uh, until there were three left, and those three, and they were this year in the Yukon, and then they were allowed to like yeah to work in the gold mine, but now for their own pocket. So that's that. That was the reason why I was in Yukon, and I was I was doing the uh, the photography for the whole series, which uh, which was an absolute dream job. Yeah, I, I was gonna say I didn't know that you. That's what you did. Discovery, they wanted to have uh, like a documentary styled photography. And that's that's basically the thing that I've specialized in, okay. especially when, you, when you're doing that stuff in the outdoors. And so, yeah, I got hooked up with Discovery and I told them like, I, I want that job. Right. And I wrote them an email, which was pretty long. Um, but that guy told me, hey, your email was definitely the longest from all the guys <laughs> who wanted that job. But but when I read those lines, I was 100% sure that you wouldn't accept any other guy doing that job. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, so yeah, no, it, it was really amazing because I did I did basically the job that everyone, the whole series to to cover them in images, and it was just it was a dream come true because I was a one man team. I could right. do what I want. I had all access, and that was amazing. To, to spend six weeks in the Yukon. Six now, weeks, only man, that's think, amazing. Yeah, six six weeks, and I think we only had, I don't know, four days of rain. The rest was that's sunshine the whole rare. time. That's really rare. It, it, it was, it was, I was really impressed how hot it was in the Yukon. We right. sometimes, we had 33 degrees Celsius, which is, I don't know how, how many degrees Fahrenheit. That's not cold. Which is... <laughs> No, definitely not. We were sweating the whole time. That was what, what, where, what time of year were you out there? Was it summer? No, it was in uh, from August till mid September. Okay. Yep. Yeah, which uh, was a, was a good time, especially we had one day off, and on that, on that day I was uh, I drove to the to the border to Alaska, that okay. uh, top of the top of the world highway, yep. and that was that was that was amazing. That was something else. Yeah. And then at the at the end of that trip, I saw one caribou and then one big moose. I think nice. you saw that picture. That, yeah. That when that big moose stepped in front of my car, it, like all of a sudden it got dark in front of my car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah. It, it, it was across in the street. And it was stopping at like 20, 20 or 30 meters. Now yep. I wanted to start, started to walk away and I did some moose calls and then it stopped. <laughs> I was looking at, looking at me and so I could, some, could take some pictures at like 40 meters maximum. Oh, man, and that was cool. amazing. Now you, you've got yeah, a moose call? No, I just did it with my hands. That's what I'm saying. Like, can you make the, can you make the, well, I want to hear your, your moose call. I was just uh, doing like, Ugh. There you go. <laughs> there we go. I like that. Yeah, that'll, yeah. that'll do. So yeah, it stopped yeah. it. Yeah, YouTube learns you a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, that. So you, so you spent that time in in the Yukon. I, I would guess if you had to choose a place, that would be where you'd come back to hunt. Or do you have uh, something else in mind if you ever come out out to the U.S. with us? To be honest, uh, oh, there would be so many things that I would love to to do in the U.S. when when hunting. I would love to do some really really intense waterfall hunting. Yep. That will be that will be something else. Like you guys in the US, when when, when you go waterfall hunting, that's cheese. You you don't have anything like that in Europe. That's... Oh, okay. See, I didn't know that. <laughs> no, I, I mean you you have some waterfall hunting, but whenever I see uh, like videos of waterfall hunting in the US, I mean there are always like so many guys and yeah. so many shotguns and so, <laughs> so many dead ducks. That's just <laughs> yeah, it's just something else. But also like turkey hunting would be amazing, especially like when you did the started the, the podcast with with Joe. 
Oh yeah, and yeah. Joe was always talking about turkey hunting, <laughs> and I was I was really starting to get interested in turkey hunting. But Joe is yeah, a turkey like, savage, Joe, man. Joe loves his turkey. He, I think he likes that the most. I don't know if he'd ever admit it, but man, when like his tone changes when you mm-hmm. talk to him about it, his eyes light up. His like eyes a light up. Schoolgirl. I know it's it's like wow, Joe really, and you know what? He's pretty good at it, and he's in a state yep. where you get a couple birds out by us, and we're in Michigan. Yeah, we don't get one bird. A year, so mm-hmm. it's not like we're out there, and oh, you really right. are limited to uh, like a pretty specific area. We only usually get like a weekend of turkey hunting in, and which has been pretty rough on us, Alaska. I think we got to change the season. We go out, Jared, or a spot that could be because we have yeah, had some. I can see that we've had we've had some tough a tough go the last couple of years. It's been cold or whatever, but yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, the, I I can imagine that, especially like when when you heard that heard that gobbler like coming in. Uh, Joe always said that it's something like elk hunting, like when yeah. you, can, you can call them in and you know, it will get your heart pumping. That's, and that's I can really imagine that. It's a heated debate. That has been a long debate we've had on the show with different people saying different things about whether it's like elk hunting mm-hmm. or not. I think if you're like a pretty avid elk hunter, you're going to be prone to say it's not even close. Right. And if you're a turkey hunter, you're going to be like, you're oh, it's to just make like that, elk. Yeah, you're trying to make that comparison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like the elk guy doesn't want to be compared to a bird, and the bird guy clearly wants to be like people see how hardcore a turkey mm-hmm. hunt is, which we put on a lot of miles when we go out. Yeah, we do. We'll, we don't necessarily do a, a sit. Yeah, we sit and call. We'll do a, a run and gun. Yeah, where we'll walk 100 yeah. yards, walk 100, 200 yards, let out a call, we'll yeah. yelp, and if we hear a response, then we'll get into position. Yeah, yeah it's fun. Yeah, yeah, it's it's sure. nice to move. I like an excuse mm-hmm. to to still hunt or to you know run and gun with turkey. It's I don't know. So it's nice to move around, after, especially yeah. after you sit in a tree stand for so long. Yeah, it's nice to nice to change up your different your hunting method. Sure, especially no. if, when you can take a gobbler with a traditional with a traditional bow. You're yes. a man then. It's hard to do. Ah, uh, for sure, but so you Nick, gotta have goals. Yeah, Nick, you're you're talking to your 260 or whatever acre spot that you're hunting for deer. Yeah, are they bedded and like how do how are they moving? Like, do they bed the same? thing is i would imagine a whitetail where it's like oxbows in a river or you know near a swamp or anything like that or, or what, what does that look like for you i think the the problem that i see in in, in germany in general is road deers uh, generally are more active during the day okay. but because the, the hunting pressure in germany because we're such a intensely populated country you don't have you don't have like very much nature where they where they can go back and have have, have their peace that's probably the reason why i have so many road deers which should be active more during the day i only have them on on my trail camps in the middle at night at like 3 a.m yeah mm-hmm. which is which is really bad because then first of all you're not allowed to hunt them during that time but also like it's 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 again pretty much against their nature and especially because we have such a such a huge problem with wild boars people like uh, now hunt wild boars mostly with uh, night vision now. I was going to say it's a night so that, thing that, out there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's um, basically the only thing that you can uh, take care of that exploding population of wild boars is to hunt them during the night, especially because at this time they're most af- active. But then that, of course, will uh, like intensify the, the hunting pressure on roe deers as well because like they, they will hear a sound of a gun and then they will get scared. So right. that's that's hmm. that that that's a, that that's a bad spiral that 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 is going going on. But to to your question, like they usually during the day they really go into go into those areas which are like where you basically can't get get in by foot, like because right. it were because it's so 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 uh, such thick bushes. 
where you can basically see them. So you can walk around during the day and then all of a sudden you hear a burp, burp. Right. And, that, and that's probably that that's a road deer then they will, they will take care of you so and, and then it then it jumps out right next to you so that's the reason why they they um go into those areas where no one no one can see them do you do a lot of pig hunting or boar hunting out there too or are you just mostly road deer uh no i, I can um of course uh also can hunt uh, wild boars but wild boars foxes rabbits and yeah all that stuff in, in that hunting ground but yeah wild, wild boar is also like i don't have any night vision stuff and i don't i don't know i i don't, I don't like that to, to to hunt animals at night with right. night vision like i don't like that that kind of hunting because i think it will usually when you don't hunt in an area with night vision you will have wild boars during the day because right. then that's when they'll move yeah 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 there's a lot of a lot of stuff going on in in a, in a hunting culture in Germany which I really don't don't accept and that that's and that's that's one of them. Okay, that's interesting. So, are you when you are hunting your property? Are you hunting like food plots or how are you doing? Because we're we're looking at roe deer pictures right now with those little those horns that basically the antlers that go like straight up. Yeah, it's an interesting. Looking yeah, deer. yeah, yeah. Oh, it is. It is. No, I don't. I don't hunt food plots a lot. That's uh, like m- most people do hunt food plots in Germany, but they really try to 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 make a, a fair, yeah, a fair, a fair chase. Like no food plots and just, I simply try to find out like where they move and how they move, and then I simply set up a strategy and try to get yeah, to get the upper hand. Interesting. Interesting. So, are you trying to manage? these roe deer herds on this property like there's a lot of people around here in the states that when they have property they'll manage the deer so that they'll only shoot you know say four-year-old bucks or older yeah like an yeah. age class or... right so they so that they help develop like antler growth that they want and the body size and just keep uh the herd just a little bit healthier in terms of genetics is that something you guys are practicing over there too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that. That's one hundred percent what we do. Okay. Like we 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 age classes, like antler um, sizes and antler antler forms. There are if there are a lot of um, forms from from the antlers from the roe deers that will mm-hmm. be like yeah, not not good. Right. <laughs> and yeah. so so you take so you take out these ones and then especially females and fawns and all that stuff. What so, would be yeah, a what would be a that's... trophy roebuck? Like in in terms yeah. of like antler size, yeah. like what, what would what that are, look like? What are you looking for? Especially, especially um, you're talking about like when you have a when you have an eight eight pointer, sure. a roebuck that would be a pretty pretty good one. Especially when you have like really thick antlers, sure, that that would be a good one. But, but usually, like uh, a roebuck can get can be a, a six pointer from year two, basically. And I would say like a, a six, a six or seven year old roebuck that will be that will be a trophy, and that will be a really really old one. Look at one. that thing, man! That's a ro- no, that's a red deer you're looking at. Yeah, we're looking pictures <laughs> up there. Uh, red deer are a little different. We're trying to get a little better idea so we can help uh, kind of explain that that picture with you. Yeah, yeah, that's like a weird spike. Uh, it's like, but the antlers go back like an elk mm-hmm. a little bit when they get big. That's that's a cool looking animal. Yeah, that's very that's very neat. It, it is now when you're uh, when you're hanging these on the wall. When when we hang a deer that we shot, say, uh, say it was a buck, we'll get either you know your tip, your typical like shoulder mount, or we do. We, and I don't know if you guys call it like a European mount, 
where it's just a skull. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the Euromount is, is probably the mo the most popular yep. uh, in in Europe, which is why the reason why it's called Euromount. Yeah, uh, that's one but, of my favorites. Yeah, of course, but but of course, like when you have a really really big uh, big buck, you will do a shoulder mount or or yeah something like that an american mount but so <laughs> yeah <laughs> american bound or full full body mount that, yeah. that's yeah gotta stick our claim somewhere yeah. <laughs> gotta call you gotta call something if we don't call it that <laughs> it never will be yeah, that it never will be so well, i'm yeah. claiming it there you go american mount you're hunting foxes out there too yeah foxes we, we have a lot, lot of, of foxes and yeah we have, we have a lot of them especially and uh, now also oh geez how, how you call them uh ra raccoons are now uh exploring raccoons. more and more yeah yeah we call them raccoons yeah. <laughs> we as in jared and i <laughs> just me <laughs> so, you're, you, so got more, you got more, raccoons out there right now yeah 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 yeah. they're they're getting more and more so uh we all we also have quite a quite a lot now also in in bavaria which is really a big problem especially when you look at the bird populations that are uh going down everywhere you have some raccoons so yeah, that's they're uh, nice. yeah they're, and especially because they they kill a lot of hun um hunting dogs yeah wow. they, oh yeah uh, yeah for sure they do yeah i can believe it they they will jump into the water and the, do and yep. the dog will jump yeah they, they drown them the yep. day the dogs have no chance they know to hold the their heads under i've heard of this before i had a friend who had a lab that had this happen where they, pu their they push their head down savages man. they are savage little animals and yeah, they're hard yeah, yeah. they're hard they're like the hardiest thing they're those are big, groundhogs man. we man. get some big raccoons around here. i have a dead one sitting at the end of my driveway right now i had it was like walking around my yard just kind of lackadaisical. It looked like something was wrong with it, and I had—I didn't know, but Nothing my dog wrong. got it into it, you know. And he's barking at, it, so I get him inside. I'm like, I gotta put him down. It took me a while to take this thing, that thing out, like way more longer than you would think for a thing that size. Really? It was—I yeah. think it was yeah. sick. I didn't know what to do with it. Those are woodchucks. Woodchucks. You can are hardly hard. kill a woodchuck. They're like made of steel. I feel like their their hide is thick. That could be. There was just a lot of fat on them. Yeah. Do you have a lot of fat raccoons, or are they just kind of? Like, if you had to put a weight to it. Yeah. I don't know. Hard, hard to say. I think here, uh, like here here in Bavaria, they're probably not as not as big as the, the guys that you have in the U.S. probably. But uh, hard, to say, hard to put a weight on them. Yeah. Ours get all like fat on. pounder or like or kilograms, 40, 50. You mean? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Kilograms. My bad. I don't 42 know. kilo. Is that the micro math? I don't know. Isn't it like 1.3 pounds? I mean, they they can get they can get up to nine kilograms if if if, if I'm not if I'm right I think yeah. and then that would be That's like twenty pounds twenty 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 pounds yeah yeah, yeah. Some, you were opposite oh, way you, off. you you went that, the wrong way that's a that's a really big one so but I think that they are probably mostly around like six six kilograms here ours I would are say. just fat off garbage yep. All, you know, the um, I don't know if it's a thing. The American diet is just a lot of really terrible garbage. food. Garbage. And so I would imagine we've got amazing trash if you're a raccoon. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of McDonald's out there. Life would be great. Yeah, yeah. That's why they're so fat. They just aren't. They don't care. So you're not eating. You're not eating raccoons if you shoot them, right? Uh, raccoons? No, 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 not not really. No. Like, no. Like, yeah, we, no, we had raccoons? talked about this for a while. No. I don't know that I could eat one. I probably wouldn't. You wouldn't? No. What is the yeah? What? You guys, you guys haven't tried it. No, no, no. no. they're garbage eaters. That's, yeah, that's one thing. I, I won't think the do. thing is though, even if I was say out in the Yukon where I'm like, this thing has not touched garbage. I think the fact that the ones that I have known have eaten garbage taints that's, all of them. You, that's probably true. You know, but they're like they're yeah. they're scavengers, so they're kind of gross anyways. They're eating it's about like eating carp. Yeah, yeah, like eating a 
gross carp, man. But I'm I'm sure there's great carp recipes, and I'm sure it's probably pretty good. But yeah, it's just the fact that what we know <laughs> mm-hmm. it just ruins it. Do you but eat squirrels? We'll be quiet. Uh, we'll be uh, squirrels. No, no, no. We're not allowed to hunt squirrels in Germany. Not allowed to hunt. Jerry, do you eat squirrels? Yep. Squirrels are good. Oh, I, I can imagine it, but I've been a, in a hunting ground a few times, and yeah, I've I've had a few moments where I thought, well, oh, that that fucking squirrel. I think I've gone shoot it. Yeah, and right. Then, <laughs> <laughs> but 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 no, no, you're not allowed to do uh, to, to hunt them in Germany. So, um, you're you can hunt them in I think in Austria, so okay. in the next country, but in Germany you're not not allowed. But because of the raccoons, I mean, they're probably grow, gross and what, when you look at them, especially what they eat. But yep. that's the same thing ma- many people said about, like, oh, you can't, you can't eat grizzly bear. Right, you and can't eat you, a bear. And then you have some, and, and then and then a lot of guys come up, oh, just give me, give me all the bear meat. Like, right. I think you had Donny Vincent on the show, and he yeah, told uh, in another podcast that that he also ate a lot of grizzly bear meat, and he he said, well, it's it's, it's fantastic. I mean, it, so, it's true. Like, their diet the is raccoons taste, taste in the amazing. in the wild though. Know. Like a black bear and a raccoon are... in the wild. In the wild, yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah, saying sure. like they eat. I mean, even they even get into both getting the garbage. So I feel like they're pretty similar. I don't know. It's just uh, it's not. It doesn't. It mine's my reason for not eating eating them is not like a reasonable reason. Yeah. I don't think, but it's just. But it's a reason. So um, you have big plan. What, what's the hunting season look like for you? Are you in season right now, or how long does it last? So basically, in Germany, you can hunt all year long. You can, especially wild boars, you can you can hunt the whole year. Okay, sure. So there's in Germany, there's always a season for something. Right. Which uh, which is probably the reason why hunting has ruined so many marriages in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> because if you're a hard, a hard a hardcore hunter, you can you can hunt all year long, and then that would be trouble. If I could deer hunt all year <laughs> that would round, be a lot of trouble. I think I'd just be like a crack addict out there. It's like I just gotta go, go, go get my fix. Right I feel back. like though you wouldn't, it, you wouldn't enjoy it as much because you get to do it every time. You, you that's know, why I enjoy, I enjoy sometimes that. You know what that that's wait, called? That break. That's called the law of diminishing returns. Don't get the more. It's mm. like, it's like if I gave you a ping pong table right now, mm. you'd be like, yeah, this is awesome ping pong, right? Mm-hmm. But if I gave you a second ping pong table, you'd be like, well, okay. And then if I give you the third one, each time you'd like the ping pong table less because exactly. it's the law of diminishing returns. Right. Yeah. Save that for yeah, a rainy day. That, 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 that absolutely makes sense. <laughs> well, hey, Nick, we're coming up on time. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We, we're coming up on time here. So I, I would like to do this again, part two, because uh, I've got a lot that I wanted to talk to you about. But sure. before we end the episode, I want you to tell people where they can find you, you know, find more mm-hmm. information about what you do. I know you do, you do a lot of photography. Um, you want to talk about that a minute? Yeah, sure, sure. So I'm I'm working as a professional photographer, yep. and then you can you can find me basically on the Instagram. But I haven't done a lot of, a lot of Instagram in the recent time because I mainly focus simply on my job and sure. on social media. <laughs> but it's 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 Nicholas Armour Photography. And my website is www.nicholasarmour.com, and that's that's basically my my site. So I'm doing a lot of hunting photography now starting to write uh, articles for magazines yep. and that's basically yeah what I do for a living well, you've uh, you've actually you take awesome awesome pictures right we actually reposted well, you, you once and mm-hmm. someone had mentioned man you guys you guys make okay content <laughs> but there's like this one that was really good that you yeah. guys did and it wasn't even ours <laughs> it was yours that we reposted <laughs> you were taking pretty sure you were taking like a an archery shot kind of downhill yeah. in some yellow leafed 
Oh, well, it was it's, beautiful picture. Yeah, it was a great picture. And people thought it was oh, it right. was okay, us, yeah. and we're like, yeah, that's sure, that's that's us. Yep. And then we're like, yeah, that's uh, that's not even it's us. Not us. Or if it's subpar, <laughs> now that we've got Mark, it's it's good. But for a while, it's just Jared and I uh, pointing and shooting out there, and it was uh, not quite as good as the Nicholas Armor Photography mm. site. No, but but you but you guys are getting really good. I mean, I've I've seen I've seen you guys and the last pictures that that you yeah. that you did. You guys are getting better and better. It's so all just all keep Mark. On, keep, it's on, all, keep on doing. We brought a guy Mark. named Mark Moline on, a new new member of the the boga hunting uh, group. He he's a professional. So yeah, we right, me and Jared okay. really he's got the, oh, all that's the hard a reason. work. <laughs> yeah, it, it, we didn't okay. get just magically better. <laughs> No, you would never have seen an improvement. I took a course on Google. Yeah, see, Jared is, like I said, I'm like a one. Jared's like a four, and Mark is like a 12. Out of 10. Out of 10. Yeah, yeah. Just sucking up to Mark. Well, anyways, well, we'll send people your way. We're going to uh, have you back on. I have some more questions about mm-hmm. hunting in, in Germany, and we still we got to get a hunt set up for you out, out here at some point, hunting whitetail. Don't you think that would be, uh, that'd be sweet? That'd be appropriate, I would say. Oh, cool. Well, that thank would be amazing. You. Thanks again, man. We'll, we'll have you back on. We'll talk to you soon. Everybody, thanks again for listening to this episode. Uh, if you want to go over and hit subscribe to wherever you're listening to this podcast, that'd be great. It'd really help us out. And if you want to follow us along more, check out our Instagram page at Boga Hunting. Thanks.